Hey everyone, this is Adrian from People's Church. I am a C20 leader and I'm here for another devotion. So today we're going to be looking at Psalm 6. It's, uh, and the title of the devotion is Bearing of Pain and Trials. So this is an actual lamentation of David, uh, where he's expressing his difficulties and being open with God. Uh, this Psalm of Lament is actually a dream uh, where we see different stages of grief and then uh, of just even more grief but then transparency and then a sense of joy and so this is something that we can take as an example when we're facing difficulty when we're feeling overwhelmed with a lot of things um, that we can really just take the song and then just follow what the David has already put for us um, I took this from an article that I was reading and it was saying, Psalm of Lament is like a tra trajectory, one we can follow. And I thought, it, like, I thought it was important to kind of take that into brackets because um, sometimes we don't know how to pray when we're having difficulty, and this is equipping us to do so. And so we're dealing here in this specific psalm about inward and outward pain. So inward being referred to the spirit, to the soul being grieved, and then outward, which is the physical body. That is struggling, um, and so it begins with a complaint. It begins with the sense of uh, desperation that that uh, David is sharing, and he's giving all of this to God. Um, but then it changes into, at the end, uh, just like this overflowing joy, this confidence in the Lord. Think of it this way. Um, you know when you're struggling with something and you don't really know how to deal with it and then you just start ranting, you just start saying things, the first thing that pops in your mind. Um, well, it's a little bit that kind of release where you, he just kind of opens up. He's like, oh, okay, here we go. This is what I'm dealing with. But then coming to a point of realizing, you know what? I know the truth. I know that God is working on my behalf, providing me joy. So let's, let's read the verse. O oh Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O oh Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O oh Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O oh Lord, how long? Turn, O oh Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In shell, who will give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame. And so, as we see in verses 1 to 7, this is a man who is extremely humbled, who has been humbled by many, many hard experiences. David, being a king, you would expect him to be someone who is strong and powerful. Like the worthy leaders that we look up to are usually the big names that, that show strength and show that they have everything put together. But what we're seeing here is that 
he's not put together, that he is struggling, that he is weary, that he is sorrowful. And, and yet, he's considered to be a good king. And why is that? Well, because he was always pursuing God's heart. And even though that was his whole aim in life, and it didn't guarantee him any help. And this is something that we have to take for ourselves. We shouldn't live life thinking that because we do everything good or we, or we think we're doing everything good, that then we're going to have perfect health and that everything is going to be easy. Now, the pain is bearable but it's, it, for David, but it is only bearable if God is with him. And that's, that's the same for us. Because we know that God lifts our spirits. That without him, the pain would be so heavy that it would crush us. Think of it like lifting a heavy rock alone. And that had a muscle man like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator. That, that rock is going to be so much lighter. You will still feel it in your arms. You will still feel the strain. But then Arnold just leaves you. And then that, that rock just crushes you like a Looney Tunes character. So now we go, so all of this to say that really this song is teaching us how to deal with suffering and pain. It is showing us that when we have difficulty, when we have adversity, we can bring it to God. And so these are different ways that God is teaching us, or that David is teaching us, well, God teaching us through David, that how to deal with these times when we just don't know how to overcome these trials. So in verses 1 to 3, we see that there is really sin and suffering. These two things come out a lot. Now, we are encouraged to see a certain relationship between sin and suffering. Not to say that all sickness is directly related to you committing sin. I mean, we see this in John 9, in verses 1 to 3, where Jesus is saying, like, no, you didn't necessarily do anything. Like, I think it's this here. It, it just it just shows us that sin is not always directly uh, in line with, with the suffering that you have. Now, it doesn't mean that it can affect it. And Mark, Mark 2, 1, verses 1 to 12 tells us this. Um, and, and think of it this way. If you were smoking, if you have a habit of smoking, no, I'm not saying you. And then you trigger something in your brain, and then you end up with a mental health well, although you might uh, fall victim to this mental health problem, you were kind of responsible in the beginning for triggering it, for doing something that you weren't supposed to. Now, suffering seems to be used by God to bring discipline into our lives. And this will just prune us to coming, becoming better people, to being people that will better serve them. Now, we see here that there are two struggles that David is facing. He's complaining about physical pain and inward troubles. Now, the inward trouble is probably the thing that causes him most weight. Because, I mean, knowing what we know about David, I think that when it's physical pain, because he knows that God is with him, he would be able to push through or to, to ensure. But in this case, because it's an inward problem, because it's a soul sickness, then he feels like, oh, now, now, like, 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 I have actually drafted away from God because of my sin nature, because of the problems that I have in my heart. And that becomes unbearable. And and he looks to God and says, he sh he shows you that this suffering has been 
he accepts the review, but he's asking that review in a form of mercy. And, and we understand that God is a merciful king. But he's, and he's also a physician who heals body and soul. And sometimes that means that we're going to face some moments that are going to really shed away all the things that are not good. Now we come to verses 4 to 5. And now we see that David is pleading for deliverance. So David turns to God for salvation. He knows that God will do this because of the love that the Lord has for all of his creation. And he also points to the fact that this is the time. His life, his physical life in the world, is the opportunity to be praising God. So if, if, if you look in verse 5, he's saying like, well, if I'm in Sheol, if I'm dead, then, then that's it. There won't be a way for me to come to you. Now, he's saying like, this is the most valuable thing that he has in life. He wants to have the opportunity to keep praising, to keep serving. And, and the thing about David is that being someone from the Old Testament, from the Old Covenant, he wouldn't have known really that much about Christ and and that's why for us it's different because we have hope knowing that after our physical death, life goes on. We're going to be in God's presence, praising Him all the time. Now, David's desire here is, is to do the greatest good. And for him that means having friendship and favor. So he's asking God to, to show him pity because because of his sin, he's feeling very miserable. And, and that's the thing that we should, when we commit sin, we should feel some level of misery. Because accompanied by misery and mercy, when we feel repentant by the things that we do, God shows his mercy and forgiveness. And so that goes to the next thing. He's asking God to give him forgiveness, to heal him from the pain that he's over. To give him peace with him, so that the relationship may be healthy. Now we come to verses six and seven, and we see that here there is there's a transparency without resistance. David is now open completely his heart and saying, "I am depressed. I am crying. I don't see an end. There's no joy in him anymore, or he can't." Or at least when we expressing it, it feels like there's no joy yet. No peers seem to understand him. Like the way he's crying is like there's no nothing that is comforting him. But we know that God understands us. Because one, he suffered greatly on our behalf. And he also sees our hearts. Think of it this way, we are we are I sometimes have difficulty with this image, but we are married. Jesus. And so think of, of spouses, right? They're going to see the worst of you. They're going to see your vulnerability. But then there's also the possibility of no ability. And, and that's something that we get even more perfect with God. Now, we also see um, in verses that, that, and that the enemies are adding to the grief of David. It's like they're planting a knife in the fresh one. Uh, or, so these are people like that are seeing you down and they're just going to kick you. <laughs> they're going to see like, oh, 
feel bad, like if your gut is feeling sick, well, I'm gonna punch you in the gut to make it even worse. Um, or then there's like people, like Job's friends, uh, where, you know, you got sick because you got food poisoning, you ate something you weren't supposed to, and then your friend comes after and says, you shouldn't have eaten that. But it's like, yeah, thank you, I know that. Thanks for pointing it out. Oh, yeah, and so, yeah, um, he's describing like two, two, two types of people that are causing him grief. But then comes the final stage. And, and there's a difference in tone, there's a change in the way that he speaks. For now there's a remembrance of God's goodness. So David is now recalling all, potentially all of the prayers that have been answered, knowing that God is a faithful king who cares deeply about us. And this is something that we have to do. I was having a conversation with someone on Thursday or yesterday, and uh, I, we were just discussing about the fact that we have a tendency to forget about how so many things for us, we always just want more and more and more. But when we look back and we see just how much He has provided, we should be in awe. We should be kneeling to Him in gratitude. Well, this is something that we all tend to do. We tend to forget that we have a true hope in that because we believe that sin will be forgiven for those who come to Jesus and accept Jesus as their Savior. That sorrow will be turned into joy as we see in the sun. And that the enemies are going to be turned Because the, as I said, the enemies of the people, uh, God's people, are essentially going against God.